Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Uh, well, we'll be in the book of Revelation again this morning. We'll look at uh, Revelation chapter 1, and we'll be beginning in verse 9. Jesus still speaks to his churches, and he summons us to obedience to him. And uh, we're looking today at a passage where Jesus, the, the risen and the glorious Jesus, summons his churches to obedience. He is speaking to us the same way he spoke to the seven churches that he wrote these letters to. Um, Let's go ahead and and read of of this vision that John has of the risen and glorious Jesus as as he tells him what uh, he is to write to these churches. Beginning of verse 9, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet, saying, Write what you see in a book, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. When I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven of the lampstands was one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were like what were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in its full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, write therefore, the things that I, that you have seen, those that are, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you have condescended to speak to us um, Lord, while we are uh, 
sinful creatures, Lord, while we rebel against you, Lord, you have been so gracious to us. You have given us your word, Lord. You have have come and lived among human beings and died for us and rose again. And Lord, you are in heaven right now. Jesus, you are interceding for us before the throne of God even now. Lord, we praise you for how good and how how awesome you are to us. Father, we pray now that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see glorious things from your word. Lord, we pray that, uh, Lord, you would use your word as a scalpel, cutting away all, uh, all the sin that remains within us. And Father, we, we pray, Lord, that you would look with your eyes upon us and penetrate to our very bones, uh, seeking out that which um, needs to be removed. Father, we love you. We praise you. Father, um, be with me. Help me to um, be faithful and to, uh, to stand on your word this morning. Um, I am weak, but you are strong. In Jesus' name, amen. We begin, um, John had told us in the last uh, chapter that he was, um, that the Lord Jesus gave to him, came to him and he was giving him a message to write down for seven churches. Um, This, in the address here, as as he began to uh, tell John what to write down, he he says, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace and peace from God and uh, to you, from him who was and who is and who is to come, from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings, to him who has loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom and priest. He lists there all those things that we as believers are blessed. Though these earth early Christians, they were persecuted, they were blessed because Jesus loved them. He had freed them from their sins. He had uh, shed His blood for them. And the same is true of us. Whether we go through whatever kind of suffering we go through, whether it be physical ailments, whether it be... Um, persecution like the early Christians, whatever we are going through, whatever suffering we face, we are blessed because of what Jesus has done for us. And because of that, that ought to express itself out in praise as it does here. To Him, it says, to Him, I'm sorry, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That blessing that they received expressed his forth out in praise. Now, John continues on his vision, and he says, I, I John, he tells us where he's at, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and kingdom of the patient endurance that are in Jesus. So first he identifies himself as a brother. He's on, uh, on a part of a family with 
these early Christians that are suffering persecution, and he is our brother as well. He doesn't identify himself so much as an apostle, but as a brother. He's, he's uh, talking in, in relational terms uh, about his relationship with these suffering believers. And he says, a partner in the tribulation. Now, he, he was suffering great persecution himself. You know, he, he says... He was exiled on the island of Patmos. Patmos was like a prison camp type of island that he was exiled to. His punishment was that he could never leave that island. He was a prisoner of the Roman government there. But still, Jesus was there with him. And uh, he considered himself a partner in the tribulation. And though he was persecuted, though he was a part of this exiled community... He was a partner in the kingdom as well. A kingdom. He recognized though, though Rome had exiled him to this island, Jesus was the king. And his being exiled did not prevent him from partaking in the kingdom. And our suffering does not either. When we face different kinds of suffering, Jesus still has us as a part of his kingdom in which he is still on the throne. All who are a part of of this kingdom, this family of believers, are called to patient endurance in Jesus Christ. Um, We all will face things that we we don't like to go through, that are uncomfortable, that are um, difficulties. And Jesus calls us to a patient endurance in that. Well, John here was on this island of Patmos, and why was he on the, on the island of Patmos? It says, on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Because of John's proclamation of God's word, his preaching, his testimony of Jesus Christ, this risen one, that's what got him into this prison camp. But he didn't, he didn't consider it something that ended his ministry. It it wasn't something that that squashed him. No, he was still, uh, he counted it something that the Lord had called him to. In verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. he, 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 he He was in this prison, uh, this island, Uh, exiled for the sake of the gospel, yet that didn't keep him from worshiping. He was, you know, it was the Lord's day, it was probably Sunday, and here he was suffering, yet he still worshipped the Lord. And it says he was in the Spirit. He was worshiping and he had sensed God's Spirit. And he, as he was worshiping, he heard behind him a loud voice. It was a loud voice, and this was, this was not something that was natural, not some, some, just someone behind him that was calling, but it was something supernatural. It was a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches that are in Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. We'll see here in just a second this voice that was speaking to him that was loud like a trumpet, this supernatural voice was the risen Jesus. So John, he hears this from behind him and he turns around. He turns around and he sees the voice that was speaking to him and he saw 
a great vision. He saw seven golden lampstands. When we think about lampstands, um, uh, different people have tried to come up with all kinds of different things that these lampstands might have been. I, I think uh, maybe it would be a reference to Zechariah chapter 4. You can turn back there sometime and, and check that chapter out. But in that chapter, there, there is a lampstand. There's actually a lampstand with seven, um, seven candlesticks that come off of it. And uh, that was supposed to represent... Uh, God's presence with his people. And I think when there's seven golden lampstands and there's seven churches, the, that um, Jesus was showing John that, that he was present with each of these churches. The same way that the, the golden lampstands in Zechariah pointed to the fact that God was present with his people. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man. So in among all those lampstands uh, that were pre- uh, representing God's presence with his people was one like a son of man. Now, this is, of course, the reference that Jesus would call himself. Whenever uh, we read in Matthew and Mark and Luke, uh, when we, we hear Jesus refer to himself, he often calls himself the son of man. So when we read here in Um, Revelation 1, uh, he saw one like a son of man. He's probably very clearly referencing Jesus himself, but it goes back to something even further. In Daniel chapter 7, which uh, uh, I had Jonah read a while ago, we, we had this vision of one who was like a son of man. And not only that, but we also in that vision had one that was the ancient of days who came and the Ancient of Days was described as one who was, uh, had white hair like wool. Uh, and and uh, that description, let me go ahead and turn there. Rather than me fumbling for words, I'll just turn there. Um, For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall not be destroyed. His dominion shall... I'm looking at the wrong chapter, sorry. And thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. Sounds very similar to what we see about Jesus. His clothing is white as snow. The hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. And, And what do we see about Jesus here? Jesus says... Uh, this vision of John Jesus is described with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were flaming fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in the fire. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. I, I think when John was writing this, it was very clear to him. When this vision of Jesus, it was clear that He was, that Jesus himself was, the Ancient of Days. While while uh, he appeared as a son of man, the description that was written was very similar to what we see in Daniel of the Ancient of Days. But in Daniel, it says, And behold, with the clouds of heaven there came like a son of man. Now, we 
also read in the last verses from last week about how Jesus was coming with the clouds. Here in Daniel it says, Behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and a glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. Where in this vision of Daniel, you have the Ancient of Days giving authority and dominion and a kingdom to the Son of Man. Here we see the risen and glorified Jesus who He is identified with both the Ancient of Days and He is the Son of Man. Jesus is God. That's what we see here. This, this man who lived among human beings... Who, who had a ministry of teaching and doing miracles, and who was crucified, was risen and ascended. He was with the Father. And He exactly, He's showing us here, He is the Ancient of Days. He, Jesus is fully one with the Father. Not in a, a, a sense, uh, I don't want to get into the Trinitarian debate right now. Uh, uh, not in a modalistic sense where he, it was the Father became the Son who becomes the Spirit. No, but they were distinct, yet the one God in three persons. We see this vision of Jesus, the, uh, the white hair um, probably you know, represents the, the wisdom and how, how he, he, he is eternal. He has always existed. His pre-existence. Though He pre-existed, He became a human being in the Incarnation. And then uh, we look at His eyes were like flames of fire. I think this talks about how He is just penetrating what He sees. We can't hide anything from us. When we see the the risen Lord Jesus, He looks at us and He sees all uh, that is within us in the deepest, darkest secrets of our hearts. We can do nothing that is hidden from Jesus. He looks at us with those eyes like flaming fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a fire. His voice was like the voice of many waters. And he describes there, Jesus was in his right hand, he held seven stars. That, uh, I, I think the fact that he was holding these seven stars means that he was in control that he was sovereign over them. We're going to see in, a, in a verses a few verses later what those stars represented. I'm going to hold off for that. In his hand he held the seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. You know, the Bible tells us that the, that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus, when He speaks to His churches, has, He speaks through His Word, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to, to divide between the bone and the marrow. When Jesus speaks to us through His Word. It penetrates our hearts. It is a living Word. And there is no escape. I think sometimes um, 
we think of this sword, uh, the, the sword aspect of the Word of God as uh, defensive. And, and, you know, in the, uh, or as offensive, as something to, to fight with. But I think often we ought to think about it like a scalpel where Jesus takes it and he, he cuts away the sin and the impurities that are in our life. Verse 17, this is what John responds whenever he sees this image of the risen Lord Jesus. He falls at his feet as though dead. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. That's how we would respond too. If we saw Jesus risen in all of his glorious appearance, we would fall down. We would not be able to stay. You know, sometimes we imagine just kind of cuddling up with Jesus. You know, we, cuddling up with Him. We maybe imagine the, the image of, of Jesus in His life and, and how He was so gentle and meek and mild and he, he called these children to sit with Him. You know, and, and He says, Suffer the children to come unto Me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. That's kind of the image we think of. But here John describes the risen and glorious Jesus as someone who whenever you see Him, you fall down at your feet as though dead. Yet Jesus responds to John. He laid a hand on Him and said, Fear not. John, it's not, you know, it's not that He doesn't have any reason to be afraid. He does. Any of us, if we saw the same thing, we would do. Have, we would respond in exactly the same way. We would be afraid, but there, there is one reason why he doesn't have to be afraid. Actually, three that Jesus gives. Fear not. First of all, because I am the first and the last. I am the first and the last. You know, in the last passage we looked at last week, we had God the Father speaking forth and He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Those were words coming forth from God the Father and here we have Jesus saying, I am the first and the last. John is told by Jesus that he does not have to fear because Jesus is one with the Father. And then he says again, I am the living one, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. This is one other reason why we know for a fact this is Jesus. This, this vision that we see of this one like a son of man with white hair, with uh, uh, eyes like fire, with a, a sword coming out of his mouth. Why, how can we know this is Jesus? Well, he says, I am the living one who died and who rose again. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. How, can, how come John did not have to fear? Because this one, he defeated death. He died, and he rose again. And then finally, John says, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Our enemy, our ultimate enemy is our sin, and death, but Jesus holds the keys. He is in control of all of those things. There is nothing that can touch us apart from His power. That's why John did not have to be afraid. That's why we don't have to be afraid. 
For a believer, we have trusted in the one who died and rose again, who holds the keys of death and Hades in his hands. And then on that basis, on the basis of who Jesus is, that he died, that he rose again, on the basis of the resurrection of Jesus, he says, write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. On the basis of the resurrected Jesus, Jesus tells John, write this down. Write what you're about to see. And he says, as for the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand. It's clear. It was a, it was a mystery. Jesus tells him what it is. And the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Now that's got a question. Some uh, in, uh, in some some have saw those angels as possibly the pastors because, you know, the, the message, uh, uh, the word angel means messenger and it's kind of its basic idea. So some have thought it was pastors. I, I think probably it's talking about angels. Uh, the, 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 seven, um, the seven stars were these seven angels. Jesus has power and authority over these angels for these seven churches. And the seven golden lampstands are the seven churches. Jesus, uh, the, the lampstand in Zechariah represented God's presence with his people. And these lampstands, which are the seven churches, I think represents the idea that Jesus is there with his churches. Jesus is present with them. He is with them in their suffering, in their tribulation. And he is with us in our suffering and in our tribulation. Now, I'm not going to preach all of chapters 2 and 3, uh, we're, uh, but I'm going to kind of point some things out. These churches that G- Jesus speaks to on the basis of His resurrection, He speaks to them and He tells them, almost all of them, to repent of something. He tells them that the church of Ephesus, they had lost their first love. He tells the church of Laodicea that they are lukewarm. He tells other churches that they have fallen into things like false teaching and sexual immorality. Jesus, on the basis of His resurrection and His glorified state, speaks to His churches and He summons them and He summons us to obedience. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us by His Spirit. And this is not just some wimpy, meek and mild person. This is the risen Lord who holds angels in His hands. He has all authority, all dominion, all glory to Himself. He is the first and the last. The One who created all things. And yet He stepped down and He cares about you and me. And He calls us to obedience. And over the course of the next few weeks, as we look into chapters 2 and chapter 3, where we look at the letters to these seven churches, let us hear the voice of Jesus as He calls us to obedience. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook. Thank you.